Hello, and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 127. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Enterprise's second season episodes, Dawn, Stigma, and Ceasefire. Here we go. Dawn, Season 2, Episode 13, Production Number 213, Original Air Date, January 8, 2003, Directed by Roxanne Dawson, Written by John Sheban, Music Composed by David Bell. Guest cast include Greg Henry as Zokan and Brad Greenquist as Captain Katan Zar. Trip is alone on a test mission aboard Shuttle Pod 1, trying out the latest autopilot upgrades. Suddenly, he is fired upon by an alien ship and must make an emergency landing on a nearby moon. It's nighttime, and Trip attempts to repair the transceiver in order to contact Enterprise. While he's working, he is suddenly attacked by a mysterious alien. Trip retreats into the shuttle pod, but quickly notices that the alien has stolen his transceiver. I'm Trip. 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 Zokan. Zokan. Right. Now that we've been properly introduced, how about some water, Zokan? Steve, kick us off on Dawn. Okie doke. Um, I vaguely remembered this one. I mean, I've obviously seen them all, but it was just... I guess it didn't really stand out much to me when I started watching it. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, the one one of these uh, work together with an alien and have to carry something up a hill kind of stories or whatever. And uh, so I, I, um, I like I like it fine. I think it's it's got something to say. And it's, you know, it's more or less keeps, keeps your interest. It just seems like we've kind of seen this kind of thing before a lot in uh, Star Trek. Um, but... Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, um, the let's see, the, the you know Tucker does really well. Um, I'm blanking on the actor's name. You know, um, yes, the plays Tucker. He's great. Connor. And <laughs> yeah, Connor. Yeah, gosh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so he always does great. This kind of is a showcase for him. Anytime you you know you just by yourself or playing against one other, you know, guest cast, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it seems like this kind of thing we've seen a lot before. So, and the, the, and the pacing sometimes made me get bored, I think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, you're right. We've seen this before. We've seen it on Star Trek. We've seen it outside of Star Trek. Yeah. Maybe the first it's happened. There have been more than there have been, has been more than one Star Trek episode, but the first one I remember there was the one on, Next gen, early ish, where you know, uh, who was it, uh, Jordy and that Romulan? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But we've seen it on other Star Treks as well. Yeah, I actually remember it. I think of it. I've always thought of it as the Enemy Mind storyline, mm-hmm. which <laughs> our younger listeners probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But there was a there's no 80s, babies. Hmm? Yeah. There's no baby. What's going on? <laughs> There was an 80s sci-fi movie called Enemy Mine with, uh, I think it was Louis Gossett Jr. and Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie. I mean, it probably, I don't know how well it holds up. I haven't watched it in years. But, you know, it was very influential to a little kid, me. Um, if you've never seen it, it might be worth tracking down. Anyway, uh, but that, that predated, you know, um, 
next gen, I believe. That would have been earlier, mid-80s, mid-80s probably. Uh, so, you know, um, you're, it, because it does feel like a storyline that we've seen many times, um, it's, 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 it's not bad, but it, it kind of, I think to be remarkable, it would have had to be greater than the average episode needs to be, given the unremarkable or or more to the point um rehashed storyline um but it had its moments i i think the uh the fight kind of about halfway into the episode after so trip trip is captive first and then the alien is captive right right and then trip goes to release him and asks him for his help and then the alien attacks him and they have this pretty drawn out fight that's actually really well choreographed it was one of the more exciting one-on-one fisticuffs I've seen in all of Star Trek, I thought. Um, But, you know, one great fight doesn't necessarily a great episode make. I liked that the alien kind of sounded to me like, um, do you remember Benicio Del Toro in Usual Suspects? (laughs) (laughs) uh, You know, (laughs) that's what he kind of sounded like when he would talk to me. English, Uh, please. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, it's it's all right. This episode's okay. You know the that guy that plays the alien, he does a decent job playing an alien. Adam, what are some of your first thoughts on this episode? Um, I would probably have to pretty much agree with most of whatever what you and Stephen have um spoken about. Yeah, it kind of actually reminded me of a combination of two episodes. Um, um, the one with Picard, what's um, you know, the metaphor thing, you know, where he's having to Darmok. try and communicate. Darmok. Yeah, where he's having to communicate, and then that episode when um, Odo and um, yeah, I thought um, of that one too. It's yeah, where they had to about, climb the mountain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the name is something about ascending or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, but, so just kind yeah, of because also because also they're carrying a transceiver, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they got into a fight, and so yeah, it's kind of similar in, in that in that form. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree. It's the same thing. I was commenting to Steven while you were um, checking something out. It's like, um, they sure do go through a lot of shuttle pods on this, on their, on their little ship. They got to just have a crew just building shuttle pods. Nonstop. <laughs> they never change the name. It's always shuttle pod one, or I guess two. I don't It doesn't seem like they use two very often, but, but it's not like every time one is destroyed, they add a number. Otherwise by the end of this show, it'd be like shuttle pod 98. <laughs> um, I, um, I thought it was kind of unusual that they had to search 62 moons. There were 62 breathable, livable moons in one system. I thought that was kind of silly from yeah. a science standpoint. I mean, like how many, how many moons are there going to be? Could, they could have narrowed it down quite a bit, but I guess that would have ruined the story. Um, but that was kind of interesting. They had this kind of hostile first contact um, with the sail. You know, that's kind of the neat thing about Enterprise is like um you know pretty much every episode you get a, a first contact episode basically um so it's kind of kind of neat they kind of get to play around with it a little bit but overall I kind of found the episode to be it it was good I wouldn't say it was good but it was average it was a little average to maybe a little above average I mean I think it I think it was average but it was more like because we've seen the storyline and every element of the storyline so many times before. It made it particularly forgettable, and I'm I'm like you, Steve. Whereas it took me a minute to be like, which episode? Is I got I don't remember this one. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, you know it was. Mm-hmm. It's just an easily forgettable episode. Mm-hmm. If this had been the only episode of Star Trek ever made, maybe not. But 
You know, it's kind of like, oh. kind of like the Mad Libs of Star Trek episode. You know, fill in the <laughs> blank like this character plus this character take this thing and meet up. You know, this. Yep, yep. <laughs> but um, I agree with Steve. I thought the the um, performances were solid. Um, Trip is yeah. <laughs> Connor McNeely, yeah, he's good at what he does. Um, yeah, so the and then Connor McNeely. Did I call him what Connor? I think you were thinking of Connor and then McNeil. McNeil. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Hey, it's uh, it's late. It's late on a Thursday. Yeah, look, folks, we're posting just a few hours early because that Royals game on Tuesday went to like fourteen innings. Okay, <laughs> we had to cancel our podcast and postpone a couple of days. Um, uh, yeah. So you know, then we also we haven't mentioned like, there's that kind of a B line B storyline uh, with um, Archer and Topal. Uh, Talking to the alien ship, right? Right. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. See, like I just watched this two days ago. <laughs> yeah, it's already forgettable. Yeah. I watched it yeah. like, like four days ago. I don't. Re- I'm like with the B story. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I think you're right, though. If it hadn't been, you know, Connor's a good actor. I thought the alien did a decent job. You know, that actor. Um, if uh, Greg Henry, I think his name is. Um, if it weren't for their good performances, I'm not even sure how well it would keep my interest while it's on. Um, but it, again, it's not that it's bad. It's that, you know, I got high standards. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I think the next episode we're about to discuss, we're all probably going to have positive things to say about it. So it's not like... Um, hey, this would have been probably the best episode the last the last podcast we did. Was that last time? Yeah, gosh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Brian's already wiped it out. He never wants to think about it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there a particular scene that you guys that stood out in this episode to you guys? I'm I'm with you. I the fight scene was really good. Okay. So, yeah, I did want to ask that. Was that just me, or did did you guys were you guys conscious of thinking that that fight scene was something more than we usually get for a fisticuffs? Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought that. I did think that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty slick. Yeah. That that would be your number one scene. Well, it, again, there's just so much. It's it all runs together because it's, you know, it seems like it comes out of other things. So I'm having trouble remembering anything that just sticks out. You know, there's so much of the same old, same old over and over. You know, I like on paper. I like at the end how, you know, as he's running out of breath or whatever, he's so exhausted, and and Trip kind of recounts all these different things that happened on Enterprise. We've talked about how, you know, if you're a fan of the show or a fan of of Trek continuity and stuff like that, then that kind of thing can be fun. When he's mm-hmm. naming all these things, you're like, oh, I remember that episode, I remember that episode. And if somebody doesn't get it, it doesn't hurt anything. However, I felt a little bit like they didn't really earn that. You know? Right. This big, I mean, that's like near death, looking back on your life-ish kind of thing. And they were nowhere near that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. But... Okay, well, we'll just have a really short discussion on Dawn, I guess. That's okay. That's all right. I'm grateful I didn't destroy your vessel. <laughs> um, what's this episode about? Uh-huh. Well, I Interesting. mean, I, I think... See. Yeah. There, you know, it's like any of these kind of things. It's... Um, you know, putting differences aside and working together to achieve some thing and blah, 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 you know, I mean, I, that's, 
it, it, we see that so often. I don't know that this did it. Did it? I mean, it did it fine. It just didn't do it in any unique fashion or particular. Yeah, I mean, well. there's a lot of work. I mean, you know, the, we we briefly touched on the B story. I mean, there's some, you know, the cooperation between Archer and the captain. You know, the other captain of the other ship. You know, their first interaction was seemed like it was going to be a pretty hostile you know, relationship, but they managed to work together and, you know, save both them, um, both their crew. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of, that's just the themes of this, you know, cooperation and working through your differences with somebody. Okay. Hmm. Well, it seems like, uh, I know you said average or maybe a little above. It seems like just based on our discussion, it was more like average or maybe a little below. Yeah, and it's always hard to judge that exactly. It depends on what you know, what the other episodes are around it, or where we are. Or what, how do we have felt that this was dropped in the first season or the fourth season, or yeah. last week when or two weeks ago when we did this? You know, those discussion yeah. episodes. It's hard to say. I like, I give it a little bit of above average because I could watch it again. It's not like something you know. If I'm you know next time I'm going through Enterprise, it's not an episode where I'm just going to be like, oh hell no, I'm not watching this. Um, so, I mean, you know, I could definitely, or if I'm flipping like the channels. And, precious uh, yeah. Cargo. Although it is funny that he, in his list of his most oh, memorable yes. moments, he did list Precious Cargo. <laughs> mm. um, which, I mean, I guess I see why mm-hmm. from his point of view, but he's not thinking about his audience. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do Six Degrees for Dawn. Well, well they oh, probably filmed this one. Did they film this one before Pre- um, Precious Cargo aired? Maybe that's <laughs> why they... <laughs> that's wishful thinking. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Six degrees for dawn. Um, Steve, you started the discussion. Are you going first or second? I'll go first. Brad Greenquist plays Zashar, Zashar, the alien that Archer must befriend to get Trip off the darn planet. In DS9's sixth season, he played Crit, one of Morn's gang that robbed a bank with him. Crit is seeking, I think this is how he talked, Crit is seeking the fortunate, the fortune after Morn's death. Name the episode. Oh, yeah. He sounded like um, um, John, John, Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it uh, Who Mourns for Morn? You are correct. Adam? Greg Henry plays Zokan, the alien that Trip must befriend to get off the darn planet. In which feature film did he play the Sona known as Galatin? Galatin, sorry. In which um, Star Trek feature film? Yep. Did he? Which one did he play the Sona known as Galatin? Sona. Um... Crap, I'm just going to guess. Um, Star Trek Five. No, but you're right. Sona telling you the species was supposed to be the... That's the only thing in this sentence that really should help you figure it out. Steve? Insurrection. You're correct, Insurrection. The Sona were, uh, you know, like a F. Murray Abraham's, the stretchy yeah, face... Yeah, Yeah, okay. All right, stretchy face people. hope nobody ever refers to me that way. That would just not be <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, my God, am I tired or what? Yeah, I think I must be tired. It was 14 innings, and then, you know, last night was still... All right, for all our fans who don't give a hoot about baseball, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there are plenty of them. Moving on. 
Stigma, Season 2, Episode 14, Production Number 214, Original Air Date, February 5th, 2003, Directed by David Livingston, Written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, Music Composed by Dennis McCarthy, Guest Cast include Melinda Page Hamilton as Fiesel, Michael Inson as Dr. Orit, Bob Morrissey as Dr. Strom, Jeffrey Hyinga as Dr. Uris, and Lee Spencer as Vulcan Doctor. <laughs> Dr. Flox prepares to attend an interspecies medical exchange conference. The conference raises a troubling issue. Flox is the only person who knows DePaul is suffering from Pardnar syndrome, an incurable vocal disease. He has been able to keep the effects of the disease at bay and sees the conference as the perfect opportunity to speak with Vulcan physicians and learn if they have made any headway with the disease. However, he must keep DePaul's identity a secret as the high command cannot learn of her condition. You were attacked. I remember. I'm sure the High Command will understand. I have no intention of telling them. Why not? I have my reasons. Stigma. You know, I I like this episode. I think it's an easy episode to like. Um, heck, even if you somehow disagree with the politics, which would be uh, hard to imagine, but even if you did, it's 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 a well crafted episode i think um but i remember when it first aired uh having a little bit of a problem with it because you know it seemed a little bit like the aids allegory was done a little bit of a disservice since they were saying she only contracted it because she was violated Hmm. um but, you know, it's clear, and maybe I'm just being less hard on it now, uh, but it's clear that they're trying to mitigate that completely by, um, you know, her wanting to keep how she contracted Panar Syndrome a secret because she respects these people even if she's not one of them. And, you know, she empathizes with them. You know, I, I think that maybe... At the time this episode aired, I felt like that was um, um, the, to going that direction seemed like it was lacked a tiny bit of courage. Uh, I, I mean, this, this sounds harsh, but I'm just I'm explaining what I think I thought at the time, what I felt at the time. I mean, at, at the time there was a lot, you know, Rick Rick Berman, for example, was, was you know, especially when Enterprise launched. He was getting a little backlash for, you know, like the rumors, which who knows how much what stuff is true. But the rumors, for example, about him being adamantly opposed to the concept of a, of a gay character or anything that remotely, you know, seemed gay. Then he was even just like a a guest star, you know, a single kiss was a huge, huge deal. Um, I, and I don't know, maybe none of that stuff is true. Uh, but I think at the time that was part of my reaction with this episode was, you know, they're kind of taking this easy way out. But looking back and watching it now, you know, benefit of hindsight, as we as we get to do in this show, as in, in, indeed have our purpose. Um, I think I was too hard on it. And I think that um, having her, you know, stand up the way she did did uh, did not do that disservice you know i think that 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 it does show that she's strong 
and that it does show that she respects them and heck maybe today that's that's even harder you know uh to to fight when it's not for you um so i've come around i like this episode then but i think i've come around on it and the stuff that the couple of minor things that that held it back a little bit for me i don't feel that way anymore i think maybe i was kind of wrong then um what are your guys' thoughts i know i'm skipping a lot of plotty kind of stuff but you know that's kind of the crux of where i feel like you can turn on this episode in your analysis and uh, whether you like it or not you know is is this idea that you know she only they're saying she only contracted it because she was violated um yet she wants to keep that a secret do you think that do you think that takes away from the kind of the 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 meaning of the episode um i didn't feel that way i can't quite recall what i felt you know a decade ago but um i can't say that i i felt that way watching the episode this time around um um the the meaning yeah i mean the the analogy is is pretty clear um you know even i mean maybe if you're a new you know if you're you're a younger audience member just watching this for the first time you may not even make that connection to um the hiv virus it might just be you know you can kind of make it to a, a more broader broader themes of just people who are discriminated against um, actually whether it be disease or not um you pause pause just for a moment remember where you're at that that did occur to me too i'm like a young person watching this today like i just barely remember like the reagan years just barely and i think it was more like in the 90s i was probably too young but in the 90s um uh there were you know there were some movies and stuff made and, and i think i read up i remember reading a book and they had a chapter on it once like i can see like a young person today probably wouldn't even know even if they got the hiv references they probably wouldn't even have such a clear concept of you know there was a time whenever uh no money was put into research for <laughs> hiv aids uh, because the people that controlled the money felt like that's just a uh, thing that happens to homosexual people and let them die. And that sounds terrible. It's, a, it's so crazy, but it's actually the way it was. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. Go um, watch Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, some more modern stuff too. But um, I mean, a more modern movie, but that's examining that time period. Um so yeah, I guess so. I guess, it's totally possible. You're right. I hadn't thought of that really. I guess, but somebody could um, could watch this episode. A younger person could watch this episode and really, gosh, that sucks because that makes me think like episodes of the original series that we don't get. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, they probably not. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, Adam, continue. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think it br- I mean yeah, you can. It's definitely has the the HI. I think you know this episode owes its origins to specifically the HIV virus, but I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the HIV virus. You know, when you look at the episode, it's just about, to me, it's more about discrimination um, than anything else. I mean, just discriminating against people who are different or, or sick or the, and, you know, just trying to sweep it under the rug and not, and not, 
and not look at look at it for what it is or have compassion. And um, I like that this, you know, I think I've, we've talked about this before where we, we see a lot of cracks in the Vulcan society, especially in, in Enterprise. You know, I mean, and the other series, the Vulcans, you know, they're damn near perfect. Um, um, so I like that, you know, you see the prejudices and, you know, they're more human in this in this television series than we've seen them in uh, other series. So I like that aspect of that. They're not perfect. They have their dark side and their, their dirty sides as well of prejudices and, um, you know, not doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, when they started this series, we've talked about that when they first started this show and, and the Vulcans were presented so differently. Uh, and there was some controversy with that. I think, I think this episode is the perfect example of, um, taking advantage of that dramatically. Yeah, because uh, this, you literally could not have done this episode if it took place, you know, a couple hundred years later, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. Steve? Yeah, I, I really <clears throat> I really like this episode, and I also like it because it's so well-balanced, well you know? I mean, it would on paper, if you just get the premise that the A story is this very serious thing, and the B story is... One of Flox's wives is trying to seduce Trip, and you think that there's no way that's going to work. But it ends up, for me, I think it's 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 very entertaining and it's very well balanced. You know, they somehow manage to juggle all that. And it, it does right. have a, uh, there is a connection there. You know, you're talking right. about about um, whether or not you respect this different culture, or yeah. you know, versus uh, you know, it's not a different culture necessarily, but this subset of your people that can have that can have this this mind melt. Um, and, and and it's odd too because like Phlox and his wife, they uh, they respect they respect Trip hundred percent. They just think it's kind of funny and that mm-hmm. you know right. if he were if he were to live to be a couple hundred years old, then he'd come around to their point of view. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, but yeah, that's yeah. I I I really think this is a, a, quite a good episode. I mean, sometimes it. Um, it is interesting this notion of what it stood for at the time and what it stands for now, and um, and the difference, and and in the, in the Trek history where you know the Vulcans and where they stood, because it's it's really it really makes them look bad. I mean, this is one of the <laughs> really makes them look bad. You know, when you when you that that attitude just as we, as you spoke of, it's essentially well, you know they they don't have the values we we think are appropriate so they can just die as far well, as just think you know? think about the, the 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 line that um archer says to them if you call yourself enlightened you have to accept people who are different from you are yeah fast forward 100 years and spock is all about infinite diversity and infinite combinations mm-hmm. right you know Man, that's it's, it's a, such a dramatic difference. Yeah, that's fascinating. The what must have went down in that hundred years, you know, mm-hmm. altogether. You know, it's yeah. And, uh, well, well, and the, this does lead up to, um, you know, this is kind of a storyline that's going to continue, which is kind of nice. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get. I mean, I don't think we'll get resolution to this till four, if I'm cor- if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's right. But um. You know, we'll get to it when we get to season four. But I like that they they just don't leave this here. This isn't you know they continue this theme um, um, with with more episodes going on into the series. And it's it's a it's a cool question. It's a good question to ask. It's a good things to raise about like um, 
um, and to be inclusive and not um, be so blinded. Um, and, you know, Star Trek is, I think we can all agree, has done a very good job telling those types of stories. And they do that pretty well in this in this episode, going back to, I guess, kind of going back to really what their roots are and what, what this series is really about, all of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, though. Yeah, like you're both saying here, the way this episode is, has changed. Um, I mean, obviously, the episode hasn't changed, but our, our perception of it and... Um, its place uh, in Star Trek has has changed. That's uh, that's interesting. It it um, unlike unlike you know not to not to knock not to pick on Dawn, but the previous episode we just talked about, which is um, essentially a throwaway episode. Uh, but stigma and there's so many elements of this episode stigma that defines enterprise you know mm-hmm. um but yeah this is an episode you would need to see did either did you show either of your wives this episode well i desperately wanted to but the baseball it just ruins everything it just <laughs> ruins baseball everything. yeah yeah well my, mine is watching this whole series with yeah we got started from the top with that so yeah she saw it so you but you had to like wake her up at the end of dawn so that you can play stigma. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should have called it Twilight instead of Dawn. <laughs> that would not have helped ten years ago. Uh, but yeah, but you know, it's it's interesting with these that you know they're basically taking a, a moral stance and are based on current issues. It, it really that that it, that we still like it and it's interesting and effective, even though we don't necessarily just the only way we associate it with the the AIDS, you know, what they were trying to do on on UPN um, is because we know that history, you know, it's it doesn't necessarily, you know, and so that in a way that makes it better, you know, if it was too if it was too dated and only one for one specific thing, it would kind of, you know, there there's some all the series have that kind of thing, but the original series you can definitely look at those political episodes, and there's some that work better than others, you know, um, if it's too Oh, this is about Vietnam, period, or something like that. It's like, okay, that's interesting, but it's yeah. it's just historically interesting. It doesn't necessarily apply. You can't get anything out of now, you know. Well, I do, you know, fifty years from now, um, you know, they've cured AIDS, and you know, only only people that study history remember, you know, the the exact mm-hmm. things this is talking about. And you know, it's still going to be an entertaining episode. It's still going to be uh, meaningful episode it's still going to be an episode that is that that defines enterprise um and you're right too especially about the the vulcans this this might be the worst they they come off the of, of all of star trek it's hard i'm trying to imagine something worse you know mm-hmm. but it's so antithetical to uh um, they're almost romulan yeah well mm. I don't know. I mean, our... evil is one thing. Um, uh, a, a, a bigot is another. Yeah. You know, or racism, racism, whatever. Uh, that's almost worse because you can't. Yeah. Just basic I... intolerance to difference. Well, I just mean you can almost dismiss evil as for evil. Yeah. You know, 
that's a that's a more black or white thing. Anyway, so sounds like we all like this episode a lot. Uh, you know, I I think on the on that you know the the visitor, the inner light type scale, with those being like the oh, far beyond the stars. You know, those like the greatest hours of television ever. I think stigma is not there, but it's probably you know just one notch maybe two notches below that and there's some that's on a scale with a lot of notches yeah sure let's do six degrees for stigma oh golly i guess i kind of started that one didn't i so adam are you going first or second i'll go first Michael Ensign plays Dr. Orat, the chief medical Vulcan officer that must preside over the hearing. In Next Gen's fourth season, he played Krola, the security minister on Malkar 3. He strongly opposes opening relations with the Federation after Riker is treated in a medical facility while in disguise as one of his people. Name the episode... Uh, Now, again, I will say I only ask episode names when I think they're memorable or interesting... Um, but you will also find me writing those questions, which I can write a lot faster uh, when I'm trying to write them during the commercial breaks during the game. <laughs> which if I um, cancel, I guess I wouldn't have to do that. But is that um, first contact? No, you are correct. Yeah. First contact. Um, Boy, that I need to be reminded of what our score was. Terrible at episodes. I'm surprised. You but got you that. got that one. Steve got that. So, so Steve has two. Adam has one. Steve, uh, Jeffrey Hyenga plays Doctor Uris, the doctor that helps out to Paul in more than one way. In the third episode of Next Gen's fifth season, he played Orta, a fighter that was captured and tortured in an episode that introduced and shared a title with a new character. Name the mm-hmm. character. I believe that would be Ensign Rowe. That's correct. Okay. You left us all in suspense there. Was it correct or was it not? Well, I, I was about to Pause say. There. <laughs> yeah. Suspense. Like, Brian, you're getting good at suspense. <laughs> well, no, I was, I was doing the character name versus the episode name, and I had to look back at what I'd asked. But yes, that was okay. <laughs> oh. uh, um, so Steve has three, Adam has one. Moving on. Ceasefire, Season 2, Episode 15, Production Number 215. Original air date, February 12th, 2003. Directed by David Strayton, written by Chris Black, music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Vaughn Armstrong as Admiral Forrest, Jeffrey Combs as Commander Shran, Susie Plaxon as Terra, Gary Graham as Ambassador Soval, John Balma as Murak, Zane Cassidy as Andorian Soldier, and Christopher Shea as Andorian Captain Taleb. The Andorians and the Vulcans are locked in a battle over a small planet situated on the frontier between their two systems. Both sides claim that it belongs to them, and the Andorian commander, Shran, has landed a force on the planet and has occupied the settlement now. The Vulcans are calling for a ceasefire, and Shran wants Archer to help the two sides negotiate. Ambassador Soval is reluctant to bring Archer in as a mediator, but three Vulcans have been taken hostage, and Strand has made his position clear that he only trusts Archer. You fired on my shuttle. You're trying to kill Soval. Undermine everything that Strand is trying to do here. Why? Do you want a war with the Vulcans? 
All we want is a chance to fight for what's ours before cowards like Shran negotiate it away. This is an interesting episode. I think if you just gave me this, like a synopsis of this episode, I would think, oh, that'll be okay. Who wrote this episode, Steve? Who'd you say? Uh, Chris Black. Ah, okay, Chris Black, yeah. Um, I think he gets better as the show goes. Um, this episode, I think, I, I like it a lot because almost entirely because of the writing, like the dialogue is, is there's so many, it's so much good dialogue in this episode. And I don't usually, that doesn't usually stand out to me. Um, well, let's see, you know what, actually, I started that one today. It's actually, Adam, why don't, Adam, why don't you kick us off on this episode and then I'll, I'll yap later. <laughs> okay, so we're starting from. Sorry, no, just no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stop the recording. I just I'm okay. Stopping Here myself. we go. Here we go. You're <laughs> yep. stopping yourself. Okay, ceasefire. Um, I found it to be a yeah, very good episode. That's what I did. Um, I found it to be a very good episode. It's entertaining. It's got um Shran in it. Um, you know, he's going to be. He's a very memorable character. I believe this is the second episode. Um, we all love Jeffrey. Um, how could you not? So um. Um. Yeah. It's a. It's, I. I. I was entertained, and um. I agree. The dialogue's good. Um. The the political intrigue between the Indorians and the Vulcans. Um, it's fun to watch. Um, for those um original series watchers out there, you know this. This is where uh, this is where this comes from. I believe you know we're in, um. Oh, what is the episode in the original series? Didn't. Sarah isn't Sarek stabbed or something like that in the original series, and that's kind of where all oh, this journey to Babel or whatever. Yeah, this is kind of where all this started back there in the original series. So we're kind of getting the kind of the backstory why there's this hostility between the Vulcans and the Andorians. We got it in the first season um, with um, with Shran um, destroying that temple, or at least the communication system of, the, of that temple. So it's a lot of fun. It's um, it's a very entertaining storyline that we have in Enterprise. Um, this particular story. Yeah, so I I, I like the. It sounds like we're we're going to kind of agree on this one. Um, I like that it that it does it does a lot. Um. And it never feels scatterbrained, you know. There there are some scenes that could be throwaway scenes. That there was a scene near the beginning, where Phlox has to like inoculate Archer or something. That scene almost felt like they've, I don't think this is what actually would happen. I saw nothing like this in my research, but it almost felt like they'd finished the episode and they came up a couple minutes short. So they wrote that extra scene, you know, cause it's, it's throwaway in, in, in the, in the plot sense, but there's some lines in there that like give the whole episode, this driving force. Archer has the line about, you know, maybe we're out here, we're not out here for these other reasons or these reasons we, we that are so little more obvious. Maybe we're out here to prove that humanity's ready to join this larger community, you know, and, and this, you know, uh, uh, helping the Vulcans and the Andorians, it, it, you know, is, is an, it would, could be a shining example and opportunity for that. Um, you know, and you've got, that scene where Saval is is trying to get Archer's help, and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, are you asking for my help? You know, yes, I am. And of course, what's his name? Graham? Uh, Gary Graham? 
Gary Graham, yeah, you know, he's good and he's got just he's a Vulcan that doesn't show his emotions. That's totally, you know, obviously annoyed like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's always fun. Um, you've got, I think it's a later scene with Saval when he's like, you know, I can't, I can't talk with the Andorians because it legitimizes their position. Uh, but it's just it's just good writing. It's good like political dialogue kind of writing. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, let's see what else. The the the, the shuttle pod when Archer T'Pol and Saval or they they crash. There's lots of ways this story could have gone, but it really kind of sticks stays true to itself because it's you know Archer he just completely maintains faith in Shran. He just he won't accept that Shran's the one that shot them down and says we're going to go find Shran, which would be suicidal if there was any chance that sure i mean he has to be 100 percent certain there can't be any doubt in his mind um you know so he has he has faith in him and um i like that a lot of this episode this kind of starts to feel like what it's about you know you've got a, a great little dialogue exchange between um saval and uh Tapal whenever archer steps away and Paul says something like, "Just because I respect Archer doesn't mean I'm contaminated by his emotions." You know, so there's just lots of it goes in all these different directions. The writing stays very consistently good. Um, I don't know that it, that it you know if I like I said if I look back on it the actual plot it's it's pretty simple. Uh, in a way, it's probably pretty predictable. Um, but the moment to moment writing is good and 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 there's a lot to do for the actors and i i enjoy that moment to moment stuff you know um, it's about the journey for you isn't yeah, it Frank? yeah yeah <laughs> and and they lost well, another shuttle pod in this episode it, well it's been a long road mm. so steve yes you have <laughs> Remain silent. You hate this episode. No, hate I, it, hate I, it, hate it. No, I do like it. I, I it's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's entertaining, and I like these kind of political intrigue. And it's one of these, um, one of these chapters in the Federation history kind of episode too. It's one of those that if you, you know, it'd be interesting to put together like a list of episodes to watch to see kind of the evolution of um, the Union or whatever you want to say. Um, but. Uh, they, yeah, they do. They do everything right. Like you said, the the dialogue's good, and we get some insight into, uh, you know, the Soval. I mean, up till now, you know, most of the time you're just kind of thinking he's just an impediment, he's annoying or whatever, and you get to see a little bit of something to him that you can start identifying with, and then you got the dialogue with DePaul and you, some Vulcan background or the ear ear envy stuff and the um that's fun. You know, it's, it's just there's there's fun stuff and light stuff, but there's also things with a lot of weight to them and um so yeah, it's kind of like a, a essential federation viewing or whatever, you know, history of the federation. Speaking of viewing and history, uh is this the first time that we see the view screen has split screen? That was amazing. It's quite a feature. Yeah. Must yeah. have been a software update or something. Yeah, because they just added that to, uh, to you know, Max, the El Capitan update. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Brian, I was saying, I, I would tend to agree with what you said a little while ago, Brian, that this, this 
this episode is actually pretty predictable. I mean, you can kind of see the betrayal coming to, Sh- to Shran somewhere in the middle of the episode. So <laughs> to me, there were, there really aren't a lot of surprises in this episode. Um, but yeah, I would, I kind of haven't th- thought about it for a second. I agree. The writing and the pacing kind of makes this episode go. It's just the interactions between the characters and the strong performances of, you know, the actors who, who did it writing and everything like that. And is this another one of those those moons with like atmospheres that you can breathe like normal? Because there, I think there must be a lot of those. I thought they said they terraformed that planet. Oh, that you're moon. right. So mm-hmm. so it's completely unlike the 62 moons from dawn. Sure. Strike <laughs> that from the record. <laughs> What's this episode about? The beginnings of a union. Um, I, I, I like you, what you were referring to before, Brian. I think if there's any drawbacks to this episode that might be kind of light on what exactly what it's about, I think it's important for the timeline of Enterprise, the show. Um, you know, if you wanted to get into what they're trying to say, I mean, maybe it's just about Archer trusting. And kind of what he said, what he was saying to the doctor that, you know, humans have to prove that they can be a part of this community. And that's kind of what it's a kind of what his his goals are. So well, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what the, there's faith. I think you, I think you could pick faith out. You could pick yeah. faith out of there. Archer's faith in humanity. You mm-hmm. could pick faith, like I said earlier, about Archer having faith in um, Shran, sort of his friend, you know, Um I think I think that in a way Archer has has faith in Saval, which is yeah. weird because, like you said, Steve, he's been such an impediment. But 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 Archer knows him well enough to still have faith in him. What are you gonna say? Yeah, Steve? and I th- and I think it's there's a little bit of uh, that that uh, making peace is worth some sacrifices and worth some risks. You know, I mean, they they t- basically there's a lot of risk taking here and trust and that in in the players involved. Um, and it would have been a lot easier just to pick a side and go in firing and stay out of people's business, you know. But it's it's kind of like the 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 risks and the sacrifices one makes to to try to make peace, you know. And also, the view screen has split screen. Mm, indeed, symbolic of the <laughs> divisive line between the yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um, Okay, I think we covered it. So we had a forgettable but not worst episode ever episode. We had a really darn good episode, great episode, probably Stigma. And we had a solid, very entertaining and enjoyable episode that, uh, yes, I think it would be fun to kind of watch the episodes. Heck, I, I always kind of wanted to, I don't know why I never did it. I thought it might be fun just to watch like the Enterprise Andorian episodes because they mm. do have such a through line um, that I think it would that would work. Never did that. All right, let's do six degrees for ceasefire. Um, wow! Wow! What is the score? Three. Three to one. Three one. Okay, Adam. Um, this is a multiple choice, so Steve will not get a chance to take this question. Susie Plaxen plays Tara, the Andorian that seems to disagree with her boss, Shran. Uh, 
In which season of Voyager did she play the female Q in The Q and the Gray? Was it three, five, or seven? Five? Nope, it was three. Mm. Steve, Christopher Shea plays Taleb, the Andorian captain who would prefer Enterprise to move out of the way so they can shoot at the Vulcans. In Enterprise's previous season, season one, he played the imprisoned Suliban Sajin in the episode Detained. Sajin originally didn't trust the humans and didn't want to participate in the escape attempt. Who convinced him otherwise? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me think. Gosh. This one's harder than it sounds because it was not the people you would normally think. Mm-hmm. Not the person you would normally guess. Right. Read? No, it was Mayweather. Mm. Oh, you didn't give me a chance to... Oh, I didn't give you a chance. Well, you <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Adam, would you like to guess? <laughs> I'll say Mayweather. Oh, you got it. Three to two. Uh, yeah. Steve wins. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, all right. Hey, another one in the books. Um, did you guys buy uh, Star Wars tickets? They went on sale last week with a new trailer? Um, I'm Yeah, I'll be in Austin. I'm going to see it there. Mm-hmm. Austin, Texas. So yes, I do have tickets. I don't think it's the first day, but it's the weekend, first weekend. I haven't yet. No, it, it, here in the Midwest, there's so many theaters and so few people that it's not nearly as. It'll it'll definitely be sold out for early shows. But I kind of like to avoid crowds anyway. So mm. no, it was it was funny for me because they had said the tickets were going to go on sale when they played first played the trailer during halftime with that sport where they have the, they throw it and then they jump on them that one um, <laughs> but the baseball game was going on at the same time but I can't stream FS1 I can only stream TBS and Fox so I have to for the FS1 games I had to go to like a sports bar so I went to Buffalo Wild Wings and I sat in the area where I could like see the Royals play and hear it but then through like into the other room, I could see the football game. And when it got near halftime, I walked over there and and watched the Star Wars tra- trailer and then walked back and finished the Royals. But anyway, I had a feeling that they, because they every time they say the tickets are going up at a certain time, they always go up before that. Always, always, always. Mm-hmm. Always happens. So I brought my iPad thinking, maybe they'll go up 30, 45 minutes early. And I got to the Buffalo Wild Wings like 4.30, like a half hour before the game started. And I'm like, well, maybe I should check now. They had, they had just gone up, so I I got you know good seats for a show. Oh, on a on another Star Wars note, they ju- everything is in place for the George Lucas Museum in Chicago. I think yeah. they're going to break ground in the spring. Man, he's got like truckloads of stuff to just stick in there, huh? Yeah, I think it opens in eighteen. So um, uh-huh. on the ru- I've heard a rumor that there will be a full size Millennium Falcon. In the museum, but the museum, the museum's not going to just be Star Wars and India. Yeah. yeah, he's got like a ton of art. I mean, just I think they said he's probably got the largest movie poster collection on the planet. Really? Wow, I had no stuff. idea. Another, you know, and just, um, he's got a ton of art stuff. So it won't just be like you know his movies. Yeah. It's going to be a bunch of his stuff. But uh, did you guys like the new Star Wars trailer? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm excited just purely out of and, and the enjoyment of Star Wars. I didn't it, the the trailer, the construction and things of the trailer didn't blow me away uh, the way that, like the teasers did. Um, mm-hmm. They went in a uh, surprising direction. I'm I'm definitely still more excited for James Bond. It's funny someone the other day that I thought of as a, a friend when I expressed that sentiment. Um, Folks, the podcast is over. We're just chatting now. <laughs> uh, when I expressed that sentiment, um, I was like, just couldn't believe it. This person expressed disbelief. And then my wife surprised me and she said, wow, he just, he doesn't understand the way you love Star Wars is like, is the way most fanboys love Star Wars. But the way you love James Bond is almost like the way you love Star Trek. Hmm. It's like, Wow, my wife knows me pretty well. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of nice actually. All right. So you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Trek Companion. Our Facebook listener page is facebook.com/slash Trek Companion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Uh, if you leave a review for us on iTunes, that's how people find us. So that's always very helpful. And I heard that Google is making a big play podcasts on Android. So I need to figure that out and make sure that we're on there, huh? Hmm. If any listeners know how to do that, let me know. <laughs> so until next time, thanks for spending an hour with us and take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.